Hello and welcome to the latest Mirror Football podcast. We come to you ahead of another Premier League weekend and on the back of, uh, let's be honest, a rather dull uh, week of League Cup football. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Flanagan, once again, and I'm joined by, same as last week, uh, James Whaling and Alex Richards, two uh, of our Mirror Football writers. How are we doing, guys? Not bad, mate. You? Good. Good. Stuff, uh, how did we all find uh, the League Cup, or Carabao Cup, uh, as it's now called, uh, it's never the most exciting of midweeks, is it? Boring. Um, quite boring, I thought. I didn't think there was a great deal going on shock-wise. Leeds-Burnley was probably the best game around with the penalties. Um, good bit of late drama there, but that was 0-0 for 80-odd minutes. Um, yeah, pretty pretty dull. Pretty dull. I mean, obviously, we, we, we say it was dull. Um, Jose Mourinho also said it was dull. Uh, said he'd probably prefer that Manchester United didn't play in the competition. Um, if he doesn't want to be in the competition, um, shouldn't, should we just get rid of them? I, is there a case for not having the big teams in the League Cup? I have a pitch for the EFL that I'm, uh, I'm going to put forward on this show. Uh, so at the minute, I think there are two competitions uh, in the in the four divisions that aren't taken seriously I think the EFL Cup's one of them Carabao Cup for sponsorship reasons and I think the other one is uh, the EFL Trophy Check a Trade Trophy now uh, the perfect way for me to sort this out is to get rid of the Check a Trade Trophy the competition's a complete joke especially since the introduction of these B teams bin it off make the EFL Trophy a competition for tiers 2, 3 and 4 keep it as a major honour Make it a competition for tiers two, three, and four. That way, championship teams are going to take it a lot more seriously because they've got an opportunity to win a big trophy. They are at Wembley. Give their fans something to remember. It gets it gets rid of Premier League managers like Jose Mourinho moaning they don't want to play in it. Well, don't play in it. It's fine. And it'll also benefit the FA Cup. You'll have less Premier League managers playing weakened teams in the FA Cup because for a lot of them, it will be their only realistic opportunity. At the, s- at the same time, though. If you get rid of this competition for Premier League teams, then a lot of players in those squads are losing an opportunity to play. You know, um, they're averaging eight, nine changes each team in the competition this week. They're so losing you, an opportunity to play once or twice a season, and and they're still going to have. The but how are young F- players F- ever going to be able to make a breakthrough if you're not if they haven't got this opportunity? This could be the difference. Like Reece Nelson's made his full debut for Arsenal this week. This could be the start of him. Is Reese Nelson playing a League Cup game for Arsenal a bigger benefit to Reese Nelson than going and playing half season at Doncaster Rovers? That's a different kettle of fish. It's not. If, if you want, if you want these players to be playing week in week out against men, loan them out. If a competition is changed and it is just Championship, I mean, what, what does that say to your bottom half Premier League team? So you know, the Carabao Cup, the League Cup is a you know, it's, it's realistic silverware for, for right, teams. So like if you put it to those bottom half. Uh, Premier League teams you, would you rather be in the Premier League with the financial benefits of that playing against the big teams week in week out and not playing the EFL Cup or would you rather be a top head championship team with the chance of winning a major trophy and I think you'll get your answer well it depends who you ask depends if you ask the chief executives or you ask the managers I think is the uh... mm, I'm not sure I think, I think they both give the same answer I think you ask any manager do you want to manage in the Premier League the answer is going to be yes well no Premier League every time I would think Fair enough. Um, Alex, you, you alluded to, uh, obviously, players being able to have their chance uh, back in the squads uh, in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Jack Wilshire finally got his chance uh, back with Arsenal during their 1-0 win over Doncaster. Um, they only just scraped past Doncaster. It was 1-0 and Doncaster had chances 
uh, towards the end. But um, Arsenal fans delight to see Wilshire back playing well. His first full 90 minutes for Arsenal uh, in over three years. Um, is Wilshire ever going to be at an Arsenal regular again, or or has his little his time away from the squad uh, cost him now? Um, given what Arsene Wenger has said this morning, it, it seems like he's he's on the road to working his way back in. Um, Wenger has clearly said that provided he can keep injury free, which is the big thing with Jack Wilshere as it, as it has always been, um, then he can still win a new contract and remain at the club past this season. Um, that is a complete 180 on what he has said before that injuries played no part in his feelings and that he fully expected Wilshire to um, actually depart um, so looks like he's playing himself back in I think Arsenal's early season problems have kind of offered him that chance in this game against Doncaster this week and he's taken it good stuff um, Wilshire um, not the only one who was probably happy to game time Alexis Sanchez has been back uh, with the Arsenal team, but he got 90 minutes uh, with Arsenal um, there have been obviously a few doubts with his attitude because obviously he handed in a transfer request um, did he hand in a transfer request? I don't, I don't know no I don't think he did Yeah, it seemed it he seemed, was definitely keen on a move to Manchester City he, he, he wanted to yeah. go to Manchester City he, he seemed destined uh, for the move but he, he's back in there it, it was a bit of an anonymous performance from him uh, against Doncaster um, and we obviously had the incident at Chelsea where he was seen laughing at Arsenal missing a chance uh, on, on the bench here. is Alexis Sanchez's mindset on Arsenal right now um, is he still an asset to them? Yeah I, I, I think uh, I, I don't think his attitude's that big of a problem um, and especially in the World Cup year he's going to have to knuckle down whether he likes it or not um, you know he wanted the move to Man City it didn't happen uh, I think his performance is probably more indicative of the fact he's not played much football rather than he's, he's, his heart's not in it or anything like that. He scored a great goal last week. Um, in, and he celebrated in, in that the, like in, it was a great goal league, yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and, and the, the laughing on the bench thing, you know, just, it's unfortunate the TV cameras have sort of picked that up, but was he really laughing at the fact Arsenal missed a chance? Probably not. They, they, they pick up little things with Sanchez, the TV cameras, yeah. quite regularly, more so than with anyone else. Is that just is that indicative of Arsenal's problems or his own? Is it, is I just it, think it's like I, I wouldn't read too much into that personally. I, you know, he's, I think he was with Sanex and David Espino, and um, I think they were probably laughing at something completely unrelated, to be honest. Um, wh- wh- where do we reckon Alexis Sanchez's future lies? Uh, will he still be at Arsenal for the duration of the season, or do we think uh, come January um, he could uh, he could move on? I think come January the speculation will rear its head again. Um, he wants to go to Manchester City. They want him there. Um, it's just a case of does he go at the end of the contract or do Arsenal get an offer in January and he moves then? I think it'll ultimately depend on uh, where Arsenal are at in the season. You know, if, if they don't have any realistic chance of winning the Premier League or maybe the Europa League and getting a spot back in the Champions League that way, uh, then they may cash in. Otherwise, I think they'll probably stick it out. Uh, the odds uh, for January uh, as Alexis Sanchez uh, stands to not sign a contract with anybody uh, 13 to 8 uh, to sign a contract with Manchester City in January 4 to 1 Manchester United obviously there's been links uh, quite recently 
seven to one, PSG eight to one, Bayern eight to one, eight to one, and ten to one to sign a new contract with Arsenal uh, in January. Uh, is there any chance he stays at Arsenal now? I don't think so. Not beyond the end of the season. No, fair enough. Um, Carabao Cup. Uh, meanwhile, Manchester City favourites to win win that one. I mean, it, it's a real tough one to bet on the Carabao Cup because you don't know how seriously managers are going to take it uh, round by round. Then it, it must be hard to, if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, to back anybody really. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, but then you look at Manchester City and you'd say that. If you took all the second strings, strength then, in depth, then, their, then their attack is Leroy Sane can't get in the starting yeah. lineup at the moment most weeks. Yeah, I, I, I Two look, more goals. I, I looked at the City starting lineup yesterday when it came out, and I was just thinking, like, I mean, that is one hell of a good second string. Um, seriously, seriously good. Um, but um, yeah, I'd say running through the odds: Man City seven to two, Man United four to one, Chelsea nine to two, uh, Arsenal six to one, Spurs eight to one. Um, I mean, you can't really pick any of them out. Uh, no, of... it's a cup competition as well. You get shocks. We haven't this week, unfortunately. Um, on any given night, one team plays above herself, one team plays below. Things happen. Um, but your bigger clubs are always going to be favoured, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you mentioned there, obviously, about teams playing below themselves. Liverpool. Uh, went out of the competition. The only real big team in the Premier League who are now out of the Carabao uh, Cup. Yeah, but I wouldn't say them losing at Leicester when they've put out a second string side is a, is that big a shock. OK, then let's look ahead to the Premier League this weekend. They play each other again, again at the King Power. Uh, do you expect a completely different result? I don't expect it, no. I think even a full-strength Liverpool team going to Leicester is going to find a tough battle on their hands um, It's again it's that defence speak about it every week everybody speaks about it that defence just simply isn't good enough and you can't trust it um, Leicester have got a bit of spark back about them with Jamie Vardy he's back among the goals Slomani's goal in midweek was wonderful yeah cracker um, it's a tough tough game for them a really tough game uh, Leicester started the season had some tough games themselves um, I think Vardy spoke about it that he'd actually been pleased with their performances even in defeats to the likes of um, Man United and Chelsea um, Leicester look a lot more like the Leicester of the year they won the title they're not going to win the title again but they look more like that Leicester than the side that really were struggling under Claudio Ranio at the start of last season Yeah, um, Interesting from Liverpool's perspective Jurgen Klopp in his uh, press conference today uh, we said we were recording on Thursday um, said that Liverpool were not scoring enough goals. He wasn't happy, you know, with them going forward. And let's be honest, one of the most feared front lines in the Premier League. Uh, should that be a concern for Klopp? Or I mean, surely the goals are going to come there. You'd hope so, but it, it should certainly be a concern. Um, you know, as we alluded to, that defence isn't good enough if you're not scoring goals because they will always let goals in. Uh, if you look at the last few games, um, you know, even a much straight and much changed uh, side struggled in front of goal. At Leicester, uh, they were completely blunted by Manchester City, which, you know, even though they went down to ten men, they were, they were absolutely thumped. Uh, and also in the uh, sorry in the Champions League last midweek, um, they weren't brilliant, and, and and against Burnley as well. So you know that they have they have been struggling to put the ball in the net the last sort of three or four games, and we saw how they dismantled Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool 
desperate for another another display like that to just get some confidence going I think, again. I, I think. think that's a big deflection tactic from Klopp. Point at the strikers and try and divert attention. I think he's got a point. I think he's got a point as well, but I think it is a big deflection tactic. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the bookmakers still have Liverpool as their favourites, uh, relatively convincingly at uh, twenty seventeen on. Uh, to come away with a win at Leicester, Leicester three to one. Uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain made his first start for Liverpool um, against Leicester. Um, I, I don't know if any of you have seen. There's a, a video that's been going around Twitter and Facebook of I think someone was recorded um, all of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's touched touches of the ball. He's had an absolute horror show, a horror show of uh, a first start. Um, it, will doubts be creeping in now about Oxlade-Chamberlain, or you know? Will he be able to recover? I think doubts were already there. Uh, the fact that they paid forty million for him, when no one really knows what his best position is. Hmm. I don't think the player does. I don't think Arsene Wenger did. I'm not sure Jurgen Klopp does. Um, seems Oxley Chamberlain wants to be a number eight playing in central midfield. He's going to get the opportunity at Liverpool, but he's also going to have to play out wide a lot on both flanks as well. Um, he's 24 now. And I'm no closer to knowing exactly how good or what type of player he is than I was when he was 18. That's uh, that's fair enough. Um, moving on, uh, Premier League uh, weekend. It's a really weird Premier League weekend um, because at 3pm on Saturday we have Manchester City playing, we have Manchester United playing, uh, we've got Chelsea playing at 3pm. Uh, at um, obviously it's all because of the Champions League fixtures and the FAR, also the Premier League are allowing the, the English teams a little bit more time. Um, to prepare, but uh, looking at Manchester City, they're uh, home to Crystal Palace. Um, on paper, this should be the biggest walkover of the season so far, shouldn't it? Uh, has there ever been a bigger home banker in the Premier League? Yeah. Would be the question I'd ask. I think the way City are performing at the minute, they're irresistible. Um, we saw, we all saw Palace um, toil again last week in Roy Hodgson's first game in charge. Not the worst performance, created a few chances, but. What is it now? Five Premier League games or six Premier League games start the season? Still not put the ball in the net. Uh, you know this would be one heck of a shock if Palace went there and got anything. Uh, City will be confident of running riot, I think. Yeah. Now um, Manchester City seven to one on uh, with the bookmakers. Uh, Crystal Palace are actually fourteen to one, which interestingly is the same price that Swansea were to get a win at Tottenham last week. Obviously they didn't win; they got the draw, but. You know, it's a sign that you know teams can do it. Um, Palace can can they score at City? Because let's be honest, City's defense is not the greatest. It's not a defense of champions anyway. They can score, but you know, even if they score one, are they going to concede? How many are they going to concede? This City team going forward is it looks something else at the moment. Watford had absolutely no answer to them last week. Uh, Watford had a number of defensive injuries. But City, Aguero is absolutely on fire. His partnership with Gabriel Jesus is blossoming. Um, I think they're starting to really put to bed any questions about whether they can play together. And the likes of Sterling, Sane, um, Bernardo Silva's getting more games. Kevin De Bruyne is bang at it. David Silva Silver was incredible last week. Yeah, I think I wonder how many uh, fantasy football captains up and down the land will be. Uh, Thinking of playing that triple captain card on Sergio Aguero this weekend, given he scored a hat trick last week. Yeah, no, I can uh, definitely say. I mean, is there a chance that Pep changes the the squad? Leroy Sane, um, 
I say he, he scored against Liverpool in, in the 5 0 route. Uh, played well when he came on against Watford. He got the start, got the 90 minutes against West Brom in the League Cup this week and scored two goals. Um, he's a serious talent, but he can't get a start in the Premier League. He can't do any more than what he's doing, though, at the moment. Every time he gets on that pitch at the moment, he's impressing. Um, his chance will come, his time will come. Yeah, I think he'll start, actually. Yeah, uh, he, he probably has just about done enough. Um, across the city, uh, Manchester United um, have actually matched Man City's record. As much as we look at City and we go, wow, they're so good going forward and the phenomenal. We maybe don't rave about United's attack as much, but they have matched goal for goal uh, Manchester City uh, this season. Are I have a look at that, though, and a lot of United's goals are coming late in games. Last weekend, 4-0 against Everton. That was 1-0 till very late. They didn't put the game to bed. They didn't create a lot of chances in that second half, I didn't think, until they got the second and then the doors opened for them. Second time that's happened this season as well. It happened at Swansea as well. West Ham were very giving on the opening day. Um, You say, are they getting the credit they deserve? I think perhaps when when you're comparing their attack right now to the City's attack, I think maybe they're getting a little more credit than they should be. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, this, uh, well, they play Southampton. They travel to Southampton uh, this weekend. Uh, is it safe to say that this will be the toughest defence that United have come up against? Because, uh, I mean, I, I, from an outsider's perspective, it looks like every Southampton game has been really, really dull so far. Um, maybe the one against Watford uh, excluded. But um, no, I think that was pretty dull as well. I, yeah. I saw quite a bit of that game, and that was pretty dull. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, is this? Are Southampton going to be the team that can nullify uh, that United team? Funny side, aren't they, Southampton? I think they've got decent players and um, they have got the potential to go toe-to-toe with these big, big big teams, especially at home, but they've also got the potential to be downright awful. Uh, I think we've said on this show a couple of times already, uh, back in Southampton at home is just not... Uh, it's not tempting, is it? You know, the amount, just not the, yeah, the, the amount, the amount of home games that they flat to deceive. They've only, they've only scored in one of the last seven home games, maybe. So, but yeah, you know, uh, United will absolutely go there, loving to get a one nil. You know, they they will yeah. snap your hand off for that right now because it has got the potential to be a difficult game, uh, but. By the same token, you wouldn't be surprised if they went there and uh, Romelu Lukaku enjoyed himself again, Mkhitaryan playing the strings. You'd expect United to go there and win. Southampton, um, five games, three clean sheets so far. Um, But you worry for them if if they concede first. No walkover, but United win, I'd say. Uh, Someone actually tweeted me a a stat before the last weekend's Premier League games about how Southampton and how they'd had the joint lowest shots on target. Uh, in the whole of the Premier League from like the first four games I don't uh, think which, that's a surprise yeah and I think it shows where their, their problems are um, back to United uh, briefly Anthony Martial has uh, come into his own he's a massive fan favourite there now um, I'm not particularly sure he'll ever be world class I don't know whether he'll be, he can be consistent enough uh, but has he done enough now to warrant a run in the team I think the same way that Sane is doing the most he can with his opportunities at City at the moment I think Martial's doing the same at United um, the thing for him is he's in direct competition with Marcus Rashford it seems for that spot out on the left closest to Lukaku um, he's man of match in midweek scored by the same token Rashford scored twice um, Martial came off the bench last weekend against Everton and had a real big hand in their late 
flurry of goals and then finishing with a flourish. He's doing really well this season after what was a difficult year last year. Um, he's hitting his stride quite well. He's, he's going at defenders again. I think that was a big thing last year. He looked short of confidence, wasn't beating a man, wasn't making a real difference. Um, but his output in the time since Marcus Rashford made his debut for United, both he and Marshall have been directly involved in 32 goals, whether scoring or assisting. Only Zlatan in that time has affected more. So even when he was low on confidence, there was still an output. Now the confidence is back and that output is there still. And he looks like he's enjoying his football and he's playing well. I think he's a massive weapon for them going through the season if he can stay consistent. But that's the question. Yeah, yeah consistency, uh, obviously the key uh, if he's going to stay in the team. Uh, Man United, unsurprisingly, uh, odds on favourites, uh, 10 to 7 on uh, to get the win at Southampton. Southampton, 17 to 4. A uh, little look at the title odds. Uh, they have, for the first time, fluctuated quite significantly in Manchester City's favourite. They are odds on to win the title now, uh, t- uh, 11 to 10 on um, odds on in a five six horse race <coughs> after five games yeah no it's um, not, I'm, not for me no listen, I, I, I don't think I'd be back in City just yet um, I'd be I'd be maybe waiting to see when United wobble um, United and Liverpool comes up in I think in about two or three weeks I think that'll be a first real test of uh, especially of United's defence I don't think United's defence has been uh, challenged uh, too significantly interestingly United 11-4 Chelsea six to one, and we said last week on the show Chelsea have been one of the most impressive teams this season. Six to one seems like great value for a team who we said that last week, but then look, they look drew with Arsenal. Yeah, a really pretty poor performance for last week. Never really looked like putting the ball in the net, and I think Arsenal dominated that game for best part of an hour. They should have won. Yeah, they'd be disappointed not to come away with three points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it is Derby. They th- things happen, you know, differently in in, in Derby matches. Uh, surely. Chelsea should warrant you know, you've, you've got to respect them for the record they went on last season when they surged away from everyone else if they put that together again which they're capable of then you wouldn't argue um, they'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the day um, a little look now towards the other end of the table and uh, actually a, a team that I didn't think we'd be saying would be at this end that end of the table um at, at, even at this early stage at Everton um, really really struggling uh, they um, kind of won the first game 1-0 against Stoke and uh, everyone was thinking yeah brilliant good performance against Manchester City and it just hasn't gone well for the for them since uh, they host Bournemouth this weekend um, Ronald Koeman is there a chance that he would be the next manager out the door if they failed to beat Bournemouth uh, this weekend or is it too early? I think his odds would certainly start tumbling uh, and I think he's already maybe joint favourite with Slavin Bilic I think to be the next manager to get the sack um, someone's so, been looking at the market <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah look Everton have had a tough start in terms of the teams they've played um, they got a, a really good point at City as we say and yeah, since then they have been disappointing but they won in the cup in the week they did uh, I think Calvert-Lewin uh, scored a couple of goals been really impressed with him Um when, when I've seen him I think he's, he's got that ability to stretch defences especially away from home um, I'd still expect Everton to beat those 
sort of mid-table teams and, and be the best of the rest if you like um, but yeah this is a must win isn't it Bournemouth have been terrible where what kind of what is Everton's aim this season though because they've spent a lot of money I don't know if you saw Jose Mourinho's programme notes uh, from Old Trafford last weekend he said Everton should be a top four team with the money they spent obviously it's a little bit of mind games from Josie but you know where what should be Everton's target well they were pretty bullish in the summer I thought that that's what they were aiming for we're going to give the top four a go we're going to break into the top six that's what we want to do you look at them and seventh is that's it the best them. they can hope for yeah. I think it doesn't matter how much money you spend um, they've sold the best player and they've not replaced him Uh you know, we saw it with um, Tottenham quite a few years ago when they sold Gareth Bale, and they reinvested that cash on, I think maybe three players in all the region. Might be five or six. I think mainly though, there was Ericsson, Lamella, Soldado. Yeah, I think <laughs> they were the three big buys, and yeah. Spurs struggled because they didn't have Bale. And I, th- I think we're seeing that with Everton a bit with with Lukaku. They brought in Sandro Ramirez, who. With the greatest of respect, you know he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna be Romelu Lukaku at this stage of his career anyway. Uh, Umar Nias getting on the score sheet. Um, uh, Mirror Football Office favourite. Um, we, uh, I mean, could he be the man to, to lead the line for Everton because they really do need a striker? Again, or, again, or, or are we looking more at Calvert Lewin? Again, I don't think he's a twenty goal a season man. Um, Calvert Lewin, I quite like. As as James said, he's he's athletic, he's strong, he's direct, he stretches teams. And this Everton team is so, so slow. They are painfully slow. Um, last week at Old Trafford, first 10, 15 minutes, they were so deep in their own half and they played Rooney up front on his own and they had no out ball. Everything was to feet, to feet. And they were getting compressed in their own half and couldn't play out. They really need a focal point that can move and that can stretch a, t- a defence. Um, Calvert-Lewin, do I think he'll score 20 goals a season? No, do I think he'll get 10? It's possible. Um, I wouldn't bank on it. It's possible. But the sheer athleticism and pace that he brings to that team is needed. I think he might even, and this is a ludicrous suggestion, given what they've spent and who they brought in, the likes of Rooney, Sigurdsson, I think Calvert-Lewin might actually be their most important player right now because he gives them something that no-one else does. Maybe Nias can as well. He showed at Hull that he can play in the Premier League. He's also direct, strong, quick. They simply don't have anyone else like that. It's those two, and one of them needs to play up front. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the pressure is on Everton and Ronald Koeman. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, the sack race odds. Koeman is the favourite now to uh, be the next one sacked at 5-2. to Will he get the Barcelona job if he goes back? I mean... To... He's keen on it. He's always been keen on it. I'd be quite keen on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... It's, 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 a, it's a funny one we're coming but at the end of the day Barcelona are renowned for their attacking free-flowing football and uh, we, we tweeted each other during the Atalanta game in, in the Europa League and I just found that every time Schneiderling got the ball everything stopped everyone stood still that was it, a horror show it was just, Atalanta were a good team but that was an absolute horror show they could have won by 6 or 7 yeah. Everton made them look really good yeah, um, Slavon Bilic second favourite uh, as as expected, uh, fifteen to eight. Uh, Eddie Howe, obviously, uh, uh, who co- whose Bournemouth team is coming up against Everton this week, uh, eight to one. Then Rafa Benitez ten to one, and he's probably safe for the moment. Um, probably, uh, almost definitely for the moment. 
we all know with Rafa it wouldn't be a case of him getting the bullet it'd be a case of him waking up one morning and not fancying it wouldn't it <laughs> yeah we, we, we all know how quickly things can change uh, at Newcastle uh, just quickly on Bournemouth uh, before we move on uh, Eddie Howe 8-1 to is he under any pressure um, or um, is because of his history at the club is that one of the safer jobs I think he's safe at the moment if, res- if results you know if we're talking in a month six weeks time and they haven't got any more points on the board I think then pressure will start kicking in. But I think given what he's done before, they won their last league game, I think he's pretty safe at the moment and will be allowed to get on with the job. That's fair enough. Um, Slavon Bilic, uh, second favourite for the sack. He's got a tough game this weekend. West Ham are at home to one of their biggest rivals in Tottenham. Um, Tottenham, um, yeah, let, let, let's start with Tottenham. Um, are Tottenham actually title contenders? Do we believe? I don't think they are. Not the way they started at, at, at Wembley. I think if if they were still at White Hart Lane, then yeah. But uh, it's difficult to see them making Wembley the kind of fortress that that they had last season. Well, they can't now already. Yeah, uh, exactly. seventeen wins and two draws at yeah. White Hart Lane in the league last season. So can't after, better after three games of the season, that that ship sailed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't count them as title contenders. Certainly, they'll be hoping to finish in the top four. And um, you know they're a better team than West Ham, without a doubt. But you know, tough, 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 tough game for them and big derby. So yeah, I mean uh, West Ham. Well, we watched West Ham on uh, Tuesday night, and they were let's be honest, they weren't up against a particularly great team. Uh, Bolton were. Uh, <laughs> Bolton are the poorest team. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, they I, were midweek. I I'll be very surprised if while watching live football, I see a worse team. Than Bolton, uh, they they looked rubbish, and West Ham didn't have to try to win three 0 But West Ham didn't look good. Um, are they in trouble? You know, are they, are they in danger of the drop, or is, is, will their squad be too strong in the end? Do we reckon? I think they'll have enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see them going down. I but think it's going to take something drastically yeah. bad for them to be relegation candidates at the end of the season. Yeah. Is that taking into factor that Billich might leave? Or no, I, ju- I just think that there is enough talent there, and I think eventually he or someone else will stumble on a system that yeah. works for that talent. Interestingly, he said this week prior to the Carabao Cup game that um, he doesn't see he's, he's not sure Andy Carroll and Javier Hernandez work as a two, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, they they seem like they should work Kevin, they, Kevin Phillips and Noel Quinn the, it's the old big man little man thing you know yeah, yeah. Carroll wins the knockdown and then the sticks it in the net I know it's not that simple but Carroll likes to score goals himself though and obviously yeah, he scores yeah, plenty yeah. of spectacular goals here. And, and I suppose you have to have a particular style of play when Carroll is leading the line as opposed to when Hernandez is there when when they're together yeah, which, which one do you pick um, but he's probably uh, some of the problem there. Why can't they play both though, as as centre forwards? Why can't they go four four two and have the two of them play on out of each wide left, Antonio wide right? Well, if you're playing uh, Carroll as your focal man, surely you're going to be looking at more crosses, more balls over the top, something you know where you can win aerial aerial battles. Whereas when you've got Hernandez, yeah. sure, surely everything's got to stay on the deck. You can go, with, yeah, and you can go with the two of them. Arnautovic and Antonio are both pretty quick out wide. Good runners with the ball, can deliver good balls. Cresswell's got a wonderful left foot and he's very good at crossing from left back. Go a little bit direct and play with two of them because Carroll will win the vast majority, provided he's fit, of course. Yep. 
He'll win the vast majority in the air in the penalty box. And Hernandez is a scruffy little poacher that will get on the end of things, as he always has done. Um, I think maybe a little sacrifice of style and a little bit of added substance at West Ham will go a long way. Because they're not the most difficult team to play against, to be quite honest. Fair enough. Um, that, uh, so West Ham at 19-4 to get a win against Spurs. Uh, Spurs 7-4 on um, to quickly do we see anything other than a Spurs win well West Ham beat them last season perfectly yeah, plausible that it won't be a Spurs win um, I think if I'm predicting the game I probably am leaning towards Tottenham but I w- it wouldn't it wouldn't be a massive shock if West Ham get the result I don't think Yeah, no, I, absolutely um, I'm going to touch quickly now on uh, another Premier League game I'd say also taking place on Saturday is Burnley against Huddersfield, Swansea uh, against Watford. Um, we were going to just coast past Stoke versus Chelsea, but there's a little bit of breaking news uh, just before we came in here. Diego Costa to Atletico Madrid is done. Uh, Chelsea, happy to see the back of him, do we think? Yeah, certainly. Antonio Conte, without a doubt. He, was, he wanted rid from January. Um, marriage of convenience till the end of the season. And then it was pretty much... Thanks, Diego, but I don't want you no more. And now Costa's spent three months. Yeah, he's not, today is the 101st day that he's not played a professional match. Last played for Spain in June. And yeah. since then, he's been in I think Brazil. The Spain boss said this week as well that until he until he's back playing and training, he ain't, ain't going to be in their squad, which is in a World Cup year. You know, he needed to get that. He needed to get fixed up. It's, look, it's good, it's good for the player. I'll, I'll miss Diego Costa, actually. The guy's box office. Whether you like it or not, the trouble follows him around. He's, he's you know, he's, whenever whenever he's playing, it's entertaining. You watch you watch games he's in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if the game's terrible, something will generally go on with him. Yeah, there's always a little niggle off the ball. It was interesting. Now there was a report in Spain a few weeks ago saying that Atletico Madrid wanted the deal done now, even though they know they can't play him until January because they want him training with the team. They want him match fit for as soon as he's played. And Atletico wanted him to be in the Spain squad for the next internationals doesn't look like that's going to happen but um, you know he's going to have to get match fitness from somewhere isn't he yeah so that's vitally important to them for January Um, it's a big boost for them in the Champions League provided they get to the knockout stages um, which you won't be backing against them not doing that you would think they will Um, so that's a real good boost for them going into the second half of the season him and Griezmann up front together good news I think it's it's win-win-win for all Involved, good for the player to be back playing and where he wants to play. Good for Atletico to get the striker they want, and Chelsea are making a twenty-two million pound profit on a guy that's twenty-nine at the start of October. Um, well, very quickly while we're on subject, just have a little chat about La Liga. Atletico Madrid uh, are actually third favourites at sixteen to one to win La Liga with Diego Costa there. Um, can Atletico Madrid? Kind of Trump Barcelona Real Madrid, and let's be honest, Real Madrid have had an awful start to the season. Um, Atletico are they title contenders? I think they they're the third side, aren't they? And perennially the third side. And it's going to be they need both of Barcelona and Real Madrid to have very poor seasons by their standards yeah. for them to win the title. One of them, then they might finish second. Two of them, that's the only way. Is it worth saying though? Obviously, Real Madrid have had a poor start to the season. Only won two of the first five games. They had a poor start last season as well. They didn't start last season like a house on fire. Had a 
little iffy period to begin with and look how that came together I mean I I didn't see the game last night but I have seen the the goal and Real Madrid's defending was awful it's completely switched off Sergio Ramos stood there watched the ball go over his head it was Uh, was before that before that the there's statues in midfield. The passing move is, is a minute long for yeah. Betis. It's a brilliant goal. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Real Madrid players don't get anywhere near them. No. Um, whether, you know, it's the 93rd minute, so there's tiredness, there's probably frustration because, oh my God, we haven't won, we haven't scored. Um, Betis just moved it around them, as you say, like statues. It was a really brilliant goal. Betis scored a similar goal I say the weekend before against Celta Vigo where it was a long passing move that went on about a minute and a half so uh, I'd say maybe Dark Horse is not, not for obviously in the title race but uh, Betis um, Outside is for a European spot maybe Yeah for Europa League for next season possibly Yeah uh, Absolutely uh, Barcelona are 2-1 to one on uh, to win their La Liga title That's now That's remarkable isn't um, it which, I would still at, at, this stage, at, at this stage to have them odds um, so in seven to four to Real Madrid, you, you're saying there's, va- there's value there. That's I worth think, backing. I, I think so, yeah. Um, especially Lionel Messi is playing like Lionel Messi, like only Lionel Messi can right now. Usman um, Dembele, that is a big loss because he brings that. All right, he's new and he's still got to feel his way into the system, but they've lost pace and someone that can drag them up the field and that can beat a man without Neymar. And that's what Dembele was meant to bring, and now he's absent for a while. So Delafeu's next in line, which you know Everton fans will tell you that he's the most infuriating player around. Um, the moment Messi's production drops slightly, he's currently on course for 78 goals this season. <laughs> yeah. um, so the moment, that is, so that's not going to be, he's not going to keep that up. There yeah. are going to be those off days because everybody has them. The funny thing is with Lionel Messi, you're saying he's not going to keep that up, but I mean, part of you <laughs> even does think. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You know what he's like. I think the amount of fluctuation in those title odds from the start of the season when Real Madrid took Barca to the cleaners in the Spanish and you, Super Cup. And you can't forget that. Yeah. Exactly. Those two have got to play one another twice in yeah, the league still. Yeah. And as you say, that Super Cup took them to the cleaners twice. Yeah. I actually think it's a shame that the first El Clasico's in December because I'd like to see the two face off now while Real Madrid are in this kind of little almost mini panic. I think it would be a, a really intriguing matchup, but no, we we have to wait uh, for that one. Uh, back to the Premier League. Uh, Sunday's Super Sunday uh, is Brighton against Newcastle, and that only. I'm not going to get annoyed with Sky Sports again. Um, no, you had some complaints uh, on email after that. <laughs> I think Newcastle <laughs> might get upset with Sky Sports again because they went to Swansea on the on the late game on a Super Sunday. Uh, either last week or the week before and now they're going to Brighton that's probably the two longest trips in the Premier League incredible yeah and I didn't watch this one and I probably won't be watching this one live either Uh, Championship (laughs) feature last season and it was that that bizarre goal that turned the title race wasn't it yeah Yeah, oh that was a great goal it it was like a cross and it hit the lad's foot and Diarmi wasn't it looped up and pinball there were about four different people claiming that they'd scored the goal Um ultimately a goal which helped them on the way to the title ultimately the goal that yeah. won the title effectively the way, yeah. the way things went down yeah um, Monday Arsenal uh, against West Brom we've talked about uh, Arsenal but anyway is that a little bit harsh on Arsenal though uh, uh, kind of making them and playing on Monday night when they've got a trip to Bulgaria to place Barté Borisov on, on Thursday that's a that's not the ideal turnaround I, I imagine Arsene Wenger is going to have something to say about that I imagine he can't be happy about it 
it's almost as if Sky Sports don't take these things into account. <laughs> or they just don't care. Um, why that game couldn't be played on Sunday at 1.30. Yeah, well, 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 it's funny you should ask that question because uh, there is a pretty big game happening at Sunday uh, at 1.30, uh, which, interestingly, you know, would be a good watch, even though it's not Premier League. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday against Sheffield United, the first Steel City derby in over five years. Um, the Championship hasn't started so well for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, uh, it's questionable. Questionable. Yeah, but they didn't, Not a bad start. Didn't get off to an ideal start, um, but they've improved. Uh, James, are, are Sheffield Wednesday now in a position where the derby shouldn't be a problem for them? Should they get past Sheffield United? Look, if you look at those two teams on paper, those two squads on paper, then there's only one winner, but as we know, it's never the case, is it? It's at Hillsborough. It's at right? Hillsborough, yeah. You, you would, you know, trying to take myself out of that situation as and trying to think of it um, from a neutral point of view, you know, you'd be back in Wednesday to, to get the win. But, you know, this is this is one of the one of the most fervent derbies in the country. You know, any, anyone that's that's been to this fixture will tell you, um, you know, the the passion of the fans. You know, that the, there'll be blood and thunder. I think you've got the added the added spice of Chris Wilder being in charge of Sheffield United. He's a He's an absolute died in the wool blade, and, and also Billy Sharp, their talismanic captain. He's he's a boyhood United fan, and and that's the thing that they've got on on their side. That they each every player that pulls that shirt on for them will be going in there knowing what it means to the fans, to the city, um, and, and they're gonna have to play on that if they're gonna get a result. Um, it's up to Carlos Carvalho and his players uh, to match that on the other side. Um, there are a couple of um, a couple of people on the coaching staff at Hillsborough who won't will be making sure the players know what it means uh, but yeah you know, I, it's, it's so exciting for, for everyone um, connected to both clubs whether that be players fans uh, it's been five and a half years as you mentioned since we've had this fixture and uh, yeah I think everyone can't wait for it to come around though I think it should be a good game as well a good contrast of styles like Wednesday pass and move like to get the ball down and play like to stretch the pitch United Bit more defensively resolute, yeah. three at the back, wing backs. I think, uh, and you mentioned like our start to the season. It, you know, the first three or four games, I think we only, we only picked up one win, but um, we've we've taken seven points on the last nine. We conceded a ninety-third minute equaliser at Cardiff at the weekend, so it could well have been nine points out of nine. Uh, we haven't actually lost in the league since the opening day. Um, I'm pretty confident. I, I'd, I'd say I'm as confident as I've ever been going into this to go into this fixture. So, do you expect it to be a feisty game? Because uh, I was having a little look round before, trying to find some odds of well, what odds are you know, for a red card to be shown. And uh, unfortunately, I can't find the odds yet. Maybe the market's uh, uh, not quite open. But um, if odds appear on you know, red card to be shown, do you do you fancy it to be a feisty derby? Yeah, it usually is. You know, it's obviously going to be a red hot atmosphere, and um, there are a couple of players I can think of on both sides, certainly with the. With the potential to be to be flying in and and you know making making big tackles, I hope not. You know, I, I say I hope not. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to turn down a Sheffield United play seeing red after five minutes. But uh, <laughs> you know, in in, ter- in terms of the spectacle of the match, you know, you'd you'd hope it stays eleven v eleven. Interestingly, yeah. the referee. I asked you about the referee. Yeah. You, uh, you know, 
the lower league referee yourself in your formative years. Yeah. Uh, I asked you about the referee, and you seem to think he wasn't a, a sort of card happy type of ref. So maybe not. No, uh, Simon Hooper, uh, the referee. He uh, he'll try and man manage the situation, but if uh, I'm sure if tackles start flying in, the cards are how you deal Wednesday with it. Wednesday ninth for the moment. Sheffield United in sixth. Yeah, they've had a they've had a brilliant start. They've, you know, they've taken to the championship like the proverbial duck to water, I think. And um, you know, I think up until last weekend they've won every game at home. He had a bit of a disappointing result against Norwich. Look, it's still early days. The, the table's going to even itself out. I'd be shocked if if United are above Wednesday at the end of the season. Only, yeah. only scored eight, only conceded six. So that tells you a lot about them. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, Sheffield Wednesday evens uh, to get the win, uh, which I mean. True to form, Wednesday played yeah, all right recently. I think that's about right. That seems like the, the right odds and possibly a reasonable bet. Uh, Sheffield United twenty-seven to ten, uh, as it stands. Um, there is another big game in the Championship this weekend. Obviously, the the derby is, is the biggest. Um, top of the table, Leeds United uh, are facing Ipswich Town, who are currently sat in the playoff positions. Um, Leeds great result in the Carabao Cup um, against Burnley. Uh, great form, kind of. All, all season of it. Well, until last week, first defeat, Millwall. Yeah, um, it was interesting actually. We, we we had a report back into the office that said Leeds were never ever in the game. Is that um, worrying for Leeds, or would we have them as the title favourites right now? I think Millwall have really got a hoodoo over Leeds in recent years, and have, have consistently got the better of them, um, particularly at the Den. I think it's just one of those games, championship game, slip up. Um, Leeds, as they showed against Burnley in midweek, very good side. Um, will be there or thereabouts playoff wise whether they're favourites of the title I think is a completely different matter um, we'll learn more about them this weekend against Ipswich Mick McCarthy uh, themselves were relegation candidates at the start of the season and performing above um, another good game yeah. elsewhere Wolves at home to Barnsley yeah. second place Wolves second place Wolves he uh he will keep on telling us, I'm sure, until the end of the season, <laughs> until they drop down a little bit. Um, there is one other big game this weekend that uh, I do want to touch on very briefly, just before we finish. Um, up in Scotland, we don't talk about Scotland on this uh, podcast very often, but it's worth a mention for the old firm. Uh, Rangers versus Celtic. We are at Ibrox for this one. Can Rangers finally get their long overdue win over Celtic? And let's be honest, Celtic have been in phenomenal form once again. I think, you know... Rangers fans, they must be desperate. They must be desperate for a win again against Celtic. You know, last season I think they'd shipped five on two separate occasions. You know, Rangers fans for years have had it where you know it's always been a toss of the coin that game, and and ultimately whoever takes the most points from those four fixtures over the course of the season wins the title. Now, Celtic are by far and away a, a better side, and you know it's, the fact it's at Ibrox makes it watchable for me. If it was at Celtic Park, I probably wouldn't even bother. Yeah, um, so a few interesting odds. Uh, I went to Paddy Power uh, for, for these odds because I know they they like a, I know they like a special. Um, Celtic to win ten or more trophies, or oh, sorry, ten more trophies uh, before Rangers win their next one, three to one. No, because I think cup competitions in Scotland invariably will come down to those two. Uh, eventually, they will play one another, whether it's in a semi-final, in the final. It's a cup competition, so one-off games. Teams can easily not turn up on the day, um, so I wouldn't have any interest in that personally. <laughs> or uh, another interesting 
one. Rangers to go into administration before the next time they win the SPL title. I think you're going to get more emails here about people being unhappy with your presenting. I don't make the odds, I just read them. Um, 100 to 1 on, that is. As a Paddy Power think it is almost dead cert the Rangers go into administration before they next win the Scottish title. Um, it just shows really how dominant Celtic are. Uh, right now I think more also than also Rangers financial situation apparently uh, yeah absolutely um, just quick one um, going into that uh, let's let's quickly go through um, all the big derbies that we can start with Tottenham and West Ham who do we have winning Tottenham I think a draw Tottenham draw uh, Sheffield Wednesday Sheffield United Wednesday he's going to say Wednesday obviously I again I agree with him actually Wednesday I think Wednesday will be that little bit too good Wednesday, okay, and uh, the old firm derby. Who who do we have? I'm going to go for a romantic Rangers win. Ooh. I think if Celtic play even close to what they should play, <laughs> Celtic will be too good. Yeah, they say uh, a Rangers win, obviously uh, unlikely. Uh, that's all we've got time for uh, this week uh, on the Mirror Football uh, Podcast. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, same sort of time. Uh, so keep a check on Mirror Football. I don't have times on podcasts, Aaron. You can listen to them when you want on your commute, whenever. It will be released at about the same time, is uh, what I'm getting at. So cheers for that, Alex. Uh, but so until until then, uh, enjoy the weekend's action, and uh, until next time. <laughs>